Here at Westridge Church, our sole purpose and desire is to lead people on a life-changing journey to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Thank you for deciding to join us in worship through one of our teachings. May this message assist in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. To find out more about Westridge or to connect with us, check us out at westridge.com. Listen, there are moments uh, when we come upon a topic here at Westridge Church, and uh, I just sense from just things that are happening that Satan perks his ears up and says, I do not want the people of God to hear this truth. And I believe that this is one of those mornings. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's been going on over the last few weeks in my life. Last weekend, I was in Vermont. Never been to Vermont before. It's a beautiful state. And I was speaking to about 30 Uh, church planters about the issue of healthiness, staying healthy on the journey of church planting. Friday night, Amy and I, along with uh, Paul and Angela Richardson, up here on the stage speaking to about 400 of our couples about the issue of marital healthiness. Um, And so yesterday I had the opportunity, it was so much fun, to speak downtown to a group of about 140 African-American church planters and staff members about the issue of ministry healthiness. And this morning, guess what I'm speaking on? Y'all are smart. I love this church. It's just like, I'm going to speak on the morning on the issue of healthiness. Now, I want to tell you, Monday afternoon and Wednesday afternoons are, are my study times. They're the times when I, you know, I focus on uh, putting talks together. And, and this week, obviously, I had a really busy week. And, and so Monday was great. And, and about uh, 2.30 Wednesday morning, my son, Zach, woke up. And he was, I'm not kidding, he was violently ill. And so 7 o'clock, the urgent care in Ackworth opens up. My wife's there with him. She calls me on the phone and she says, we're going to Scottish Rite. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm uh, on my way to the hospital they're on their way there. I'm on my way. I grabbed my mom because she was freaking out. And um, we went to the hospital, and we were there all day long, got home uh, after 7 o'clock, and about, about as sick as I have ever seen him uh, before. And I thought to myself, you know what? This should not surprise me. This shouldn't surprise me at all. Matter of fact, uh, I know that many of you have been dealing with health issues. Uh, we have people who actually were supposed to be on this stage this morning who are not here because they're dealing with health issues. But it shouldn't surprise any of us when we talk about something that we actually face things that we're going to be talking about or issues that we're going to be addressing, knowing that John chapter 10.10 says that our enemy's strategy is to kill, steal, and to destroy us. He has a very strategic warfare plan for the people of this earth, and, and it impacts God's children, it's to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says he is looking for someone to devour. Now, I don't want to bring any more attention to him than, than he deserves, but he's done his best to wreak havoc on me, my family, several of our staff folks this past week, and uh, several of you. But here's what I also know. The other part of John 10.10 10 says that Jesus said, I have come to have life so that you may have it more abundantly. Not just to have life, but to have life more abundantly. In other words, while Satan has a plan to destroy us, to steal, kill, and destroy, and to impact our spiritual, emotional, and physical healthiness, our Savior, who is greater than our enemy, 
also has a plan and he wants us to get well. He wants us to be healthy in every area of our life. And he's provided the power for us to take the necessary steps that we need to take towards getting healthy. However, the question that he asks all of us this morning, and it's the question that we're going to be focusing on in this series, is this. Do you want to get well? Do you truly want to get well? Do you want to get healthy? Now I'm going to jump into our text. Jesus has been ministering in in John chapter 4 into the the region of Galilee. And he comes into Jerusalem. There is a feast going on amongst the Jews. And in verse 2 of chapter 5, John, it says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five root colonnades. And in in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. And one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. So Jesus is in Jerusalem. He goes into the pool area of Bethesda. And lying all around the pool are people who have physical ailments. You have people who are blind. You have people who are crippled, people who are even paralyzed. Now, why are they all at this pool? Well, I want you to look at verse 4. How many of you actually have a physical Bible in your hands this this morning? How many of you do not have verse 4 in your Bible? You're like, where did it go? It's just missing. Some of you, well, let me tell you, if you have an English Standard Version, an NIV, or a New Living Testament, it's not in there. Because a few of the early Greek manuscripts did not include it. But it creates a problem. Without this verse, we really don't know why all these people with physical challenges are hanging out every day at this pool. We don't know why they're there. However, since a majority of the manuscripts do include this missing piece of scripture, we're going to include it this morning. And the King James includes it. And, in, you know, if it ain't King James, it ain't Bible. So we're going to... But apparently, so according to verse 4, an angel, an angel had come to this pool on a few different occasions, and he would stir the water up. And whoever was able to get into the water first was healed of their ailment. And so Jesus enters into this pool area, and he goes to this very specific man who was 38 years old. Now, what's so special about this man? There's guys all over, there's people all over the place who who have physical needs at this moment. Well, 2,000 years ago, during this time, the average life expectancy was 28 years old. You say, why so young? Well, that average is skewed by an infant mortality rate where children, many, many children, did not live past the age of two years old. However, if you made it past your second birthday, the average age rose only to about 40 years old. And so this man that Jesus is encountering is actually well past his prime. This this is a man that has probably sat by the pool of Bethesda longer than anyone could remember. 
And he laid by that pool day after day after day, just waiting for an angel to show up to stir the water. But he had a problem. Even if the water had been stirred, he couldn't get into the water quick enough. Everyone would rush into the pool so quickly that they would block any possibility for this man to actually get into the water. So here's a guy who, who is just in, his, his situation is, is incurable. He's a hopeless case. He's out of options. He is out of referrals. In the eyes of the world, he was a lost cause. But I got good news for you. Jesus' specialty is lost causes. And it's quite possible that Jesus went right to this man because he was going to perform a miracle that would convince even the greatest of skeptics that Jesus was truly the Messiah. So when Jesus approaches this man, he asks him a question. And the question is very simple. Do you want to get well? In other words, do you want to be healed? And the man replies, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when it's stirred. Even, and even when, when I start to make my way into the pool, someone steps down in there before me and block, basically blocks my way. And Jesus looks at him and says, get up, take your mat, take your bed, and begin to walk. For 38 years, this man has never walked a step in his life. And at the very words of Jesus, he gets up, he puts his arm, puts his mat in his arms, and he begins to walk home. In other words, this man's been healed. Now, some of you are here this morning, and you're not well. You're in need of healing in your life. Maybe you are trapped in an issue of sin right now, and you, you basically, you're like, I have no way, I can't see a way out of this. I've been stuck in this sin for so long, I can't see a way out. Maybe you're physically ill, and, 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 and you just feel, there, there's no way that I could ever, I could be healed. I, I've, I've just, it's been going on too long. Maybe you're, maybe you're here this morning, and you're an emotional wreck. You are feeling discouraged, and you're tired of it. Maybe you feel oppressed, or maybe you are trapped in a dark place. Maybe you're knee-deep in financial debt, and it's impacting every area of your life, and you feel trapped well, I want you to know Jesus offers all of us, whatever it is that we're dealing with, and I'm going to say this, all of us are dealing with something. Jesus asks all of us a question here this morning, and the question is this, do you want to get well? Well, if you really want to get well, two things have to change in our life, in your life. First of all, your level of want has to change. Mark Batterson in his latest book called Grave Robber defines the word want this way. He, said, he says, it is the sanctified desire and matching discipline to do what needs to be done no matter how hard it is or how long it takes. You see, some of you in this room, you are just a few changes or maybe just a small tweak away from getting healthy. The problem is you're not willing to do what it takes to get there. We desire spiritual healing in our life, but we won't stop making sinful choices that continue to make us spiritually sick. We want financial healing, but we're not willing to make the tough choices and the tough decisions that it takes for us to get there. Dr. Edward Miller of Johns Hopkins uh, University School of Medicine says that one and a half million Americans will undergo a coronary bypass every single year. And he says that, that unless those people are willing to make a change in diet and exercise habit, angioplasty just becomes a temporary fix for clogged arteries. And unfortunately, he goes on to say that if you look at these 
coronary bypass patients two years later, 90% of them have not made one change to their lifestyle. 90% of them haven't changed their diet, haven't changed their lifestyle. I mean, they've just gone right back to what got them there in the first place. And I love what Mark Batterson says about this. He says, you can't expect God to do the supernatural if you aren't even willing to do the natural. You can't expect God to do the supernatural if you aren't even willing to do the natural. And with all of the people that we help here in this church with benevolence, all the people that we help through community makeover, through hope for Christmas year after year after year, here's one of the things that I've come to realize. You can't help someone that truly doesn't want to be helped. You just can't. With many of the miracles that are, in the, that are in the Bible, there was an element of human action that needed to take place before the miracle could take place. For the children of Israel, they had to march around the walls of Jericho seven times before the walls would come down. The woman with a blood disorder, she had to fight through crowds to get to Jesus so she could touch the hem of his garment. Peter had to get out of the boat and step on, out onto the water before he could actually become a water walker. And listen, I'm not saying that just because you want a miracle to take place that it's going to happen. We, we've learned, I mean, we've learned over the years, I mean, in praying for my, for my son, just this past year, in praying for my son Zach's back injury, which is, I mean, 11 months of praying, that healing is ultimately in God's hands. When it comes to healing, it's ultimately, it's on his, it's on his time schedule. Sometimes you can do everything you know to do. You can do, you, you can want it as much as you could possibly want something. You can pray until you have no more words to say. And you realize, God, it's all in your hands. It's all in your hands. But I agree with Mark Batterson. You can't expect God to do the supernatural unless you're first willing to do the natural. The second thing that has to change is are your assumptions about God. Many years ago, archaeologists uncovered what they believed to be the ancient pool of Bethesda near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. And here's what they found. They found a pool that was 25 feet deep and about the size of a football field. And so it was a natural gathering for people in the first century. People would come from all over the place to hang out, especially on a hot day they would come because it was, it was covered by five, uh, pillars of five colonnades. And so they would come from all over the place. Now I want you to imagine for a moment the scene that would take place every single day. Every single day, hundreds of people with illnesses and physical handicaps would come crawling, would come clawing their way to get to this pool. Why? Because they believed that God was going to send an angel to stir the water so they could be healed. Whether they actually ever saw the angel stir the waters or whether they even ever actually knew somebody that had been healed by the waters, day after day after day, they just, they believed this could be the day that God is going to send somebody, he's going to send an angel to stir the waters up. They believed that God was going to do the impossible. Now I'm just going to be straight with you. I do not believe in name it, claim it theology. I do not believe in prosperity theology. I struggle deeply with people that say that, if, that, that you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith. But I will tell you this. I, too, I take Jesus at his word straight up when he says in Luke chapter 1 verse 37, when he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. I believe that with all my heart. When he says this, in Matthew 19, 26, that with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible, I believe that with all of my heart. I believe it. And here's the thing. 
I believe it because Jesus said it, but I also believe it because I have seen it over and over and over again with my own two eyes. When I was 10 years old, I watched God rescue my parents from a hopeless marriage situation. They were one signature away from a divorce. I watched God take a man that I, that I called dad who was as lost as you could possibly be and, and miraculously save him and call him into ministry three years later. I, when I was in high school, I watched God miraculously supply for my family when we were down to our last dime over and over and over again. When we moved here to start this church, I watched God move in the life of an older couple that didn't even go to this church to give us $30,000 when we had absolutely run out of money. We didn't know where the next bit of money was going to come from. In 2003, I watched God miraculously provide this land that we're sitting on here today as a result of a 40-day fast that I believe God called me to take in 2000. Over the last year, I've been praying that God would allow Westridge Church, for uh, this church to be part of planting 10,000 churches in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm beginning to watch him line that up to make that happen in ways that could only be explained in the supernatural. But more importantly, I want to tell you something. Since 1997, I have seen, and some of you have seen with me, God take over 5,000 spiritually dead people here in northwest Atlanta and breathe new life into them as a result of them choosing to place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. That's the greatest miracle that I've seen. But some of you are here today and you've stopped believing. Or maybe you've never believed that God has the ability to heal broken bodies. Or to heal broken minds. Or to mend broken lives. Or to put broken relationships back together. I want you to hear what Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever, ever ask or think. I want to sum that verse up in three words. God is able. Say it with me. God is able. And some of you have walked into this place this morning feeling broken. I want you to know you are in a good place because God promises never to deny a broken, contrite spirit. When you're a broken person and you come into his presence with a sense of brokenness, God says, I will not deny you. I have no idea how you've come in here today, but I do know this, God is able. I don't know how far your son or your daughter has drifted away from God, but I do know that God is able. I, 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 don't, know, I, I don't know how long your back has been hurting, how long that you've been dealing with the physical ailment that you're dealing with right now, but I do know this, God is able. I don't know how messed up your marriage is, but I do know God is able. I don't know how much financial debt you're in, but God is able. Listen, I personally believe that when you combine a strong level of want with a proper biblical assumption, a, pro a proper biblical belief about God, anything is possible because God is able. And I know that some of you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed for a specific thing to happen in your life and it hasn't happened yet and you've given up on God. And honestly, I'm going to tell you, as, as your pastor, there are some things about the ways of God that I just don't understand. He actually says, God says, there are going to be things about me that you're not going to understand. But I'm not going to give up on praying for some of you to get spiritually well. Because I know he's able.
I'm not going to stop praying for some of you to get physically well because I know he's able. I'm not going to stop praying for some of you to get out of financially debt because I know I've seen, I've seen what he can do because he's able. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you are praying for God to bring healthiness to, to a part of your life, don't give up on making healthy decisions. And don't stop believing that God is able to answer your prayer. Because when you take a healthy level of want and you take a proper assumption of God, a proper belief about God, and you put those things together, I'm telling you, nothing's impossible. I love what Eugene Peterson he says, says, he says, most miracles are the byproduct of long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. Well, where do we need to get well? Well, I've already mentioned these four areas, but I want to mention them again just to let you know. I mean, we're... We are going to do our part as a church to do everything we can to partner with you to get healthy. I want to ask some of you to jump in. First one is just spiritual, spiritual healthiness. For some of you, getting spiritually healthy begins with a decision to stop making sinful choices. It's just that straight. It's, it's just that simple. Two weeks ago, I spoke about the adulterous woman. And you remember what happened. Pharisees are lined up to stone this woman. They've got rocks in their hands. And Jesus steps, he, he, he protects her. He stands in their way. He confronts their sinfulness. Rocks begin to drop. He reaches down, he stands the woman up. And what does he say to her? Go and sin no more. And for some of you, that's what you have got to do if you're going to get healthy. Stop sinning. Some of you need to take some steps to grow spiritually. You're still a spiritual infant. It's time to start learning to feed yourself to the, and get to the place where you are learning to feed other people. That's your step to spiritual health. The question is, do you want to get spiritually healthy? God is able. God is able. Physical health. Now, for some of you, this is a very challenging area. Some of you are ill and you, you need a miracle. Listen, some of you have physical ailments that, and you know you will probably live the rest of your life with that ailment. It's part, I mean, it's just, it's, it's where you are. However, some of you need to start taking some steps and trusting God in the area of physical health. A few weeks ago, one of my staff members, uh, a young lady by the name of Brittany Franklin, was on, a, was on a reality TV show. Some of you saw this. She was on a TV show um, with, with a former pro wrestler by the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was a show where women faced off in several combat-type situations to see who could outlast each other. And our girl, Brittany, came in second place. All right? She's a beast. Now, I want to tell you what I'm really proud of. And I had Brittany write this out. Because I'm scared to death to talk about when, it, when, you, put, when you put the issue of weight and women together, even angels are afraid to go down that road. So I had her write this out because there's no way I'm going to say what she... Okay, so after her second child, here's what she said. She had reached a weight that was described in the medical field and as she described as obese. That's what she wrote down. And she decided to put some action to her faith. And so she started Weight Watchers and she started going to the gym and she started changing her eating habits and started tracking calories. And the next thing you know, she gets into bodybuilding. And, and the thing that I love most of all when you read her testimony is that she gave all glory to God for helping her to make these changes. And she talks about the trials and the challenges and the setbacks and the things that she went through. And here's a picture of Brittany beforehand. And I want you to see the picture afterwards. 
you don't want to mess with her. Now listen, I, this is an area for some of you. And I, again, I always try to be sensitive to, to, when I dive into this arena because for some of you, it has been a lifelong battle. But I truly believe that God wants you to be physically healthy. And for some of you, listen, it is just, it's, going, it's going to take raising your level of want and truly believing that God is able. Just doing the same thing over a, a, a long period of time to get to where God wants you to be. Listen, there are things that Amy and I have prayed for for our boys when it comes to the arena physical stuff. They're both just late bloomers. And here's what I've told my boys over the year. Guys, you just got to pray, you got to grind, and you got to be patient. You got to pray, you got to grind, you got to work, and you got to be patient. And for some of you in the arena of physical health, that's what it takes. The question is, do you want to get physically healthy? God is able. And then emotional health. Now, this is another really tough area because emotional healthiness is a broad category. And for too long, the church has not addressed the issue of mental illness in the proper way. We've taken issues like clinical depression and bipolar disorder and even things like ADHD. And we've said things like this from from a stage like this and said, you just need to pray more. Or, or, or you, must, you must have some sin in your life, or your parents must have had some sin in your life, because that's the way you are. Or, or may, maybe you don't have enough faith. And you know what? We have hurt people over the years with that kind of language. As many of you know, a few years ago, I decided to get serious about my own emotional health. And I was diagnosed, went to a doctor, and I was diagnosed with ADD. And I remember sitting with Amy in, in this doctor's office, and after he told me that I had this, I had tears running down my face. It wasn't because I was ashamed. I was not embarrassed about this. Actually, I I had tears because finally somebody helped me understand why I functioned the way that I did. And I had tears running down my face because I, I, I just, I thought, I wish somebody could have told me this back in middle school. Oh, it could have helped me so much on this journey. And, I, and I, I hurt for all of the kids that I knew that had been labeled as bad kids just because they couldn't sit still in a chair in school. But I was so thankful that God led me to this discovery. It took some humility on my part to walk into this office, doctor's office. Why? Because I want to tell you one of the biggest issues for a person with ADD or ADHD. The biggest fear of walking into a doctor's office and going through all of those tests is that at the end of the day... He's going to tell you or she's going to tell you, okay, you don't have ADD, you just, you just have a really low IQ. That was my biggest fear. <laughs> and it's a common fear for people who have ADD. And fortunately, you know, he said, you, you, don't have AD, you do have ADD and your IQ is, is, no, he didn't say that. But, but you know what I had to do? I had to get, I had to get honest and I say, God, I want to get healthy in this area. I, I, I must but I had to trust God. I had to raise my level of want in order to get healthy, and I had to believe that God was able. Maybe your issue is totally different. Maybe for some of you, you, you are stuck in grief because you've lost someone recently. I want to ask you a question. Do you want to get healthy? For some of you, maybe you have an issue where you have just been leveled, flattened by a divorce. You're stuck in, you're stuck in bitterness. You're stuck. What, do you want to get healthy? Maybe you have an addiction issue. Do you want to get healthy? God is able. God is able. 
For some of you, it's a financial issue. You know, several years ago, we started Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University here at Westridge. And I want to be honest with you, I, I, was a, I was a bit skeptical when we started this. And then all of a sudden, I started hearing all the stories of people in our church that I had known for years that were in just mounds and mounds and mounds of consumer financial debt. And then I started hearing the stories of how people were getting out of debt, and I was blown away. It was like someone had taken the shackles off of their lives. I believe it actually saved some of the marriages in this church. And I truly believe that God wants every one of us in this room to be financially healthy. That doesn't mean that he wants every one of you to be financially wealthy the way that you think about it. But he does want you to get out from underneath the bondage of consumer debt. I actually, I actually like Dave's Ramsey, Dave Ramsey's definition of wealth. He says wealth is having enough money to do what God has called you to do when he's called you to do it. Wouldn't it be awesome if all of us could get to the place where we could live that way? If we could get to the place where God wants us to be, how he describes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 where he talks, where he wants us to be actually generous givers? And some of us can't do that because we are, we are way over our head in living in debt. As you know, two years ago, we started a, a generosity experiment here called the What If Experiment. Our goal for two years has been to, to, to bring in $12 million so that we could put God on display by shocking the world with generosity. And I'll be honest with you, right now, we are behind our goal. We're, it ends this November. We're, we're behind in our goal. And it's something that the leadership of this church is really praying about. But we know that God is able. We know that this church is more than capable. However, I, I think that in order for us to meet this goal, some of you are going to have to raise your level of want. Some of you are going to have, you're going to have, to, you're going to have to change your assumptions about God. And many of you are going to have to make some choices, some hard choices to get financially healthy for us to pull this off. Just think what could happen if 100% of this church gave God 100% of what God was asking you to give him. I'm not even putting a percentage on it. Just think what could happen if 100% of this church gave to God 100% of what God asked you to give. The question is, do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be financially healthy? And the answer is, God is able. Now, one of the things that we put together is we put together our website because we want to help give you some steps. If you go to our web- website, westridge.com, go to slash health, and we've put steps under each one of these four categories to help you get healthy. We have two tables set up out in the atrium today. One is all about uh, physical health. It's called Winning My Race. It's a 28-day challenge. I want to encourage you if that's something that you want to get part of, it's out there. There's another thing called Starting Point. It's an opportunity for you to get into, a, into small groups in our church by getting into a mid-sized group. It's a great place to get started. Let me promise you something. When you take steps towards getting healthy, you're going, to t- you're going to face some opposition. No doubt about it. Some of you are going to face moments of unbelief. I love the story in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 9 where, where th- this father brings his demon-possessed son and, and he brings him to the disciples and they can't heal the boy. And then he brings him to Jesus and he says, will you heal him? Can you heal him? And Jesus is like, really? Can I? And he says, all things are possible. For those who believe. And this dad with this boy convulsing in his arms, he says to Jesus, he says, he says, listen, I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief. And for some of you, the opposition that you're facing right now is just simply, I mean, in your mind you believe, but your heart, there's some unbelief in there. 
For some of you, you're going to face setbacks. You want to get healthy, you're going to face setbacks. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep trusting him on this journey because he is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or ever think. So where do we begin on this journey of healthiness? Healthiness begins, healing begins, and it continues with the gospel. So many of us, we look at the gospel as God providing his son Jesus as a sacrifice of our sins, and that's the truth. And we think that the gospel ends with this one-time decision to trust Jesus Christ alone to be our personal Lord and Savior. And listen, that is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, but it's just the beginning. Ultimately, healing begins with salvation, but the gospel is a message that we have to preach to ourselves every single day. Some of you are going, what in the world are you talking about? It means that we, have to, we, that we have to intentionally remind ourselves of the person and the presence and the provision of Jesus and that it's available every single day to all of us who call ourselves Christ followers. In other words, God's children, we can be healthy in so many areas of our life because every single day we have access to the presence of and the power and the person and the provisions of Jesus Christ in our lives. I wish y'all could get excited about that. Seriously. I I spoke to 140 African-American pastors yesterday. Y'all are killing me right now, okay? Here's the thing. We are not lacking a thing as children of of, of the God of the universe. We're not lacking a thing. It's all been provided to us because Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 reminds us that all we need, we have, we have it in Christ to live healthy in this world. Everything we need, we have it in Christ. So with that in mind, I want to throw this question to you one more time. Do you want to get healthy? Do you want to get healthy? Here's some simple steps. First of all, you've got to get honest. Lord, I'm unhealthy. And I'm tired of feeling this way. And I confess it to you. For some of you, listen, I, I... some of the unhealthiness you're feeling, it is not your fault. But you're going to have to take steps to get healthier. For some of you, you've made some decisions and it's created unhealthiness. It's time to get honest. And for some of you, your honesty needs to lead you to repentance. Let me tell you how I define repentance. Repentance is a change of mind that is so decisive and so powerful that it changes the course of your, the direction of your life. And that's where some of you need to be this today. You need to confess your sin. You need to confess, Lord, I have done these things that have caused me to be unhealthy in some area of my life. And I confess that to you today. I repent of that. Next, I want you to write down the word Meditation. Now, I'm not talking about hum, okay? 
That's yoga, and I hate yoga. Not because it's wrong, just because it's, I hate it. It's, it's hard. Meditation is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. If you were here Friday night, you heard Angela Richardson open up her heart and share something that quite honestly, I've never even heard all of the details of her story. But if you listen closely, one of the things, one of the major things that brought healing to her life was the word of God over and over and over. Whether she read it or Paul read it to her, she just meditated on it day and night. Psalm chapter one, verse one and two says, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates on it day and night. And for some of you, healing is just bringing the word of God into your life. What replaces lies in our life? Life. Truth. And where's truth found? God's word. Some of you are being lied to about your healthiness, your unhealthiness. It's time for you to bring truth and let God replace those lies with the truth of his word. For some of you, it's faith. It's taking a step of faith and saying, God, I believe you are able. All things are impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. And you take a step of faith. For some of you, it's obedience. Peter never could walk on water until he put that foot out of the boat and said, I'm trusting you. For some of you, it's, just, it's taking a step of obedience. You say, I don't know if I can do it. God is able. It's not within me. I don't know if I've got the strength. God is able. Either we believe it or we don't. Either we, either we put, some, put some action to, that, to those words or they're just not really, they're just not true to us. I want us to bow our heads for a moment. We're gonna do something very unique in just a few moments. All of those who are prepared to help us serve, I want you to come forward if you would, just quietly. Those of you who are still sitting out with heads bowed, for some of you, healing, healing begins at, at, at this moment for you. It's, it's, it's a moment that the Bible describes as salvation. You're spiritually dead. You're about as unhealthy as you could possibly be. Spiritual death is just, I mean, you, you can't get any more unhealthy. But God's provided a way for you to be healthy in this area by bringing Jesus Christ into this world to die for you. To bring new life to you. To do something you couldn't do on your own. And he's able to do that for you right now. If that's where you are, I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, at this very moment, I put all of my faith and my trust in you alone to make me healthy. I confess, Lord, that my sin has created a brokenness in me. It's created a distance between us. It's created, Father, a chasm between us that can't be filled outside of Jesus and what he's done for me on the cross. So I confess my sin to you and I put all of my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ alone to be my personal savior. If you just made that decision, I want you to engage us this morning by put, filling out your connection card, taking it to the host center, the help center in the atrium, letting us help you take the next step. The rest of you, I want you to look at me for a moment. In James chapter five, Apostle James writes this. Is there anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. 
Is there anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll